Hear these words for you from the preacher John. For this is the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If not, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Lord, said Philip, show us the Father, and that's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been among you all this time, and you don't know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and he will do even greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. Whenever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, send forth your spirit by the power of your word to create faith, to forgive sin, and to grow our love for you and for one another. Amen. Well, John 14. It's a funeral text. I took the time to look through some of our service books, our old hymnals, as well as our new ones, uh, plus the, the occasional service books that we as clergy use. They're little small ones that we use for, for funerals and, and weddings and all that stuff. And John 14 is one of the most prominent texts used for funerals. It was read at my grandmother's funeral. And I wonder why. In part, because of comfort. God has us. Even in our last breath and beyond, he has us. We are his. Don't let your heart be troubled, Jesus says. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If not, I would have told you, and I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Even now, you are Christ's. In your worst sufferings, in your worst illness, even in trouble or loss, you are his. And God has preparations in mind, in fact. Even now, before you're sick, he has preparations in mind for you when your death comes. What often seems like a distant God, a God who goes away, who is going to go away, and we have to wait for him to come back, is actually God working. Previously in, in John 13, Jesus even says, I'm going away, but I'm coming back. And here he says it again. Funerals are the way that God reminds us that we need more than us. 
It's, it's, so that's why we have this John 14 text. We realize that, that our end will come and we need Christ there preparing something for us. I've been thinking about it lately in the midst of this pandemic and the news stories that we're reading, how much of our media will take a positive story, some positive outcome of what's taking place, and it completely gets turned into something negative where everything is a might be, maybe, could be. Basically painting the picture of that we can do everything right in this and still lose, which is true. In life, we can do everything right and still lose. We can do everything right and still die, get sick. We can wear masks. We can socially distance. We can sanitize everything. And we can still get the virus. But we can also isolate ourselves, stay in our homes, do everything that the government tells us to do, which we are told we're supposed to, and never get the virus and still die. And so this word stands for all time as true for you from John 14. And it has to. Because we always, we always want to be the way. We always want to be the truth. We always want to be the life. We spend the majority of our waking moments trying to make our way, trying to develop our truth, trying to create some sort of life for ourselves. And so this text comes to us, and usually the reaction is one of, of, of annoyance or frustration. Well, pastor, what about? And then someone will pick some uh, religion or some far-off tribe in the middle of nowhere. And we're concerned about that, and we should be. It's why God creates preachers to go and preach his word. And yet here we have Christ stealing the way from you. Not caring about what you might think of some tribe in, in, in South America. He's talking to you right now. Saying, I am your way. I am your truth. I am your life. And we can go all the way back to Genesis 3, like I always do. The place in which Adam and Eve decided that they were going to make their own way where they were going to eat from a tree that they thought would give them the knowledge of good and evil, that they might know the way, the truth, the life, on their own merits without God. Or we could look at the story of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus, and his first question to Jesus is, Master, what must I do in order to inherit eternal life? What must I do? Can you do something for an inheritance? Doesn't an inheritance come to you just by being in the family? Isn't your name in the will, whether it be for much or for little, because you are a child of that person? And yet that rich young ruler is us. What must I do to make my way? Even Christ comes to us and says, 
A new command I give you, to love one another as I have loved you. And we like that because we like love. Most of us are lovable. Some of us are not. But even now, I find it interesting. I've, I've called almost every one of our households, or at least tried to, in the midst of this quarantine. And it's funny, I'll hear people say, well, we're still married, or we're not fighting. She still loves me. All these different things, somewhat of surprise that it shouldn't be that way. And yet even Christ comes to us and he says, no, this love is more than what you could ever imagine. This love is going to cause you problems. This love is going to need me to continue on from from John 13 into this text that we have this morning from John 14 because Jesus says that just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. And we we often want to point it to his work of washing feet, but he's not doing that. He's speaking to you of the cross. That our love is to be a love that loves those in betrayal, that loves those in death, that loves those in suffering, that loves those who are in need of new life. Christ becomes the way for you, church. He's going to get to those people that you're concerned about. What about them, pastor? He'll send a preacher, maybe you. But right now, you have a preacher speaking to you, telling you of this word from Christ. If we are the way, how can we prepare a place for ourselves when it's not a place here? If we are the way, then how can we go to where he is without him? Church, seeing God is never going to be enough for us. We we learn that here from from Philip. Because we always want a different God. We We don't want a God that looks like Jesus. We don't want a God that's that's. Poor. We don't want a God that's, that's human. We don't want a God that dies. We don't want a God that might spend time with the people we hate. And yet we get handed a Jesus on a cross, dying for the sins of the world, and so often we say, nah, not for me. And we get given that Jesus who tells us to love in betrayal and persecution and suffering and hardship and pain and death and the giving of new life. And often we say, oh, that's too hard. Or we say, that's not fair. Or we say, well, our love needs justice. And Christ says, no, love is love. When it comes down to me, I love even my enemies. And so Christ continues to speak because he knows that the more we hear, the more the Holy Spirit does does his work in us. The more we hear of his word, the more we hear of Christ speaking these promises to us, the Holy Spirit comes into us and does the work with the word to remind us that a place is being prepared and that we are not the way. The Holy Spirit is actually the reason why Christ says in verse 12 that we're going to do even greater works 
Because it's not us, but it's the Holy Spirit working in us. We need the Spirit, not us, to make our way, to make our truth, to make our life, because all of it rests in Christ. And so all things come from Christ. All of it. Every part of it. Every part of you. All the good that you are comes from Christ gifting that to you. We may not like the preaching, we may not like the preacher even, but, but the preaching can't cancel what it is Christ says. He even says, if you're not going to believe me, believe the works that I'm doing. If we're not going to want to listen to the word, then we can at least look to the cross and realize that something happened that day 2,000 years ago on a hill outside Jerusalem for you. Christ's cross is still there. It stands for all time is done. So when he says, I am the way, it it is not there to offend you, but to place faith in your ears. Because when our doubts come, it's because we are looking around for some other way. We are looking around for some other life. We are looking around for some other truth. And we have to have Christ come and continuously speak into our ears. I am it. To keep us from trying every day to make ourselves enough or to stave off death. That you can trust even in the midst of all the anxiety, all the fear, any pandemic, all the mortality that is surrounding us right now, that Christ is speaking to you. He's saying, I'm going, I'm coming again. I am preparing a place. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Know me and you know the Father. Do you hear all those I am statements, church? They're all present tense for you, right now being true for you. And that is what we hold on to because that is what we need. In a world of doubt and confusion, we need our Christ to be honest with us. To have him move us away from us to him. Because in him, as Luther most aptly tells us, is life and salvation. And I think in the midst of the world that we are in, we need that today more than ever. And with that, we say thanks be to God. Amen.